that's like such a sexual franchise. So the fact that like it's highlighted at the Kids' Choice Awards really bothers me. You know, I don't know anything about the Kids' Choice Awards. Is that where they used to slime people? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. They still do that? I don't know. With COVID? What does COVID have to do with slime? Slime is a super spreader. Okay. <laughs> So Kate and I are trying to get healthier. Kate is doing a significantly better job than me. (laughs) I was trying to get healthy. And then three weeks ago, something happened and I haven't cooked a dinner in like three weeks. Legitimately. You should see Zane's fridge. It's Diet Dr. Pepper and one bag of shredded cheddar. (laughs) When I got there for Christmas, his fridge was like three different types of alcohol and like the world's largest Tupperware container of molding spaghetti. <laughs> it was chilly, thank you very much. Oh, okay. no. Well, I couldn't tell. But the reason I bring this up is because we now walk in her parents' home gym and watch TV. We were going to watch this current season of Love Island, but the TV is really old, so it doesn't support Hulu anymore. It does support YouTube, so we're watching Parental Control. Remember that old MTV show? Yeah. Oh, this that's show good. is amazing. They have got to bring it back. It's basically The Bachelor, but without the group date. And I think the only way you can improve the show is if you make a group date where both of the new girls and the or new people and the existing one, they all go on a date together because that's just a recipe for failure. That's an excellent show. I used to love that. If you haven't watched this show, dear listeners, imagine high school theater level acting worse get rid of all of the talented people it's like the reason i don't watch big brother is because when they're in their confessionals they're always like it was crazy but parental control is so much worse like it is like they took a class on how not to act on television and they just did all of that it's so sexual too and i don't know how old anyone is but they're all living at home. But then like one girl will be like, oh, I'll fuck your son. And they're like, we're picking her. It's the cringiest. Like, I, I just want to curl in on myself when I watch it. There was this date that we were watching. So like the family and the girlfriend is watching the son go on a date. And the girl gets up in the middle of a restaurant and just like flashes him her boobs. And the parents are just like. Now that's the girl that we want. And I was like, is this an upgrade? Also, there are other people in the restaurant. Oh my God. Also, yeah. like the the things that the parents don't like about the significant other are just so dumb. And also, sometimes they feel like they're calling me out. Like one was like messy. And I was like, well, okay. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And I'm Kate. And today we are covering Season 2, Episode 9, What Kate Did. But before that, Lauren had such a good idea. Happy Draft Week, everybody. We're doing an island draft. We are splitting the survivors up into three groups. A random order has been determined for the draft. Kate will go first, then Lauren, then myself. We're going to draft five people each, only characters that have been introduced up to this point in the show. 
which was really upsetting for Kate. Let it be known, my two top picks are not included in this draft. What are we calling them for the viewers? Bug Eyes and Blondie. If you know, you know. And I don't know. We're growing off of best group to survive on the island with and all of the crazy hijinks also just in like a normal survival situation. And we're going to leave it up to you, the listener, to tell us who won. Just know that even though this was my idea and I had this idea months ago, I have done no preparation and I will be winging it. Much like the Cleveland Browns. Ha 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 ha. All right, Kate, why don't you kick us off? All right. I'm going with the obvious pick, Saeed. That is my guy. He is fit. He's smart. There's technology. He's going to be able to use it. He is the jack of all trades. When I say that I did no prep, I did some prep. <laughs> the prep was I was going to take Saeed first. I had to get him. Not only can he provide for you, but you might just get lucky enough to kiss him. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. Oh, my God. Okay. It's my turn, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go wild here. I'm taking Echo with my first pick. Dumb. Dumb pick. Dumb pick. Here's why that's a dumb pick. Because I'm going to take Locke in the first round. I know you want Locke. Locke is the best person to have on that island. He can hunt for you. He can fucking make medicinal medicine that also doubles as drugs. Okay, notice, I just want to say this right now. Notice how no one took Jack, the leader of this stupid-ass group. No one took Jack. I just want to throw that out there. All right. I, look, because all I wanted was Saeed, and, and I told you that's the only prep. So now I'm just going to take make horrible decisions. And I don't think Echo's a bad decision. He's my muscle. He's level-headed for sure. I think he makes a good leader. I don't Echo's know much about him. Pick. It's just Locke was on the board. I don't give a shit about Locke. I don't want to be... I, I've called him a cult leader so many times. Why am I going to put him in my group? He's going to convert us all to his cult. All right. Second round. Hear me out. I've got an explanation for this. I'm going Russo. This girl has been on the island for years by herself and has survived. Is Does she always play well with others? No. She's like a feral cat, and I bet I could train her. That's actually a great pick, and I actually considered it. Um, here's my pick. Sun. She gardens for me. She's great in medical situations. Uh, I know you might be asking, Lauren, why wouldn't you pick the doctor? Don't want him. I want son. Well, I am going to go with the doctor purely for the medicine, but I will tell Jack, you need to fucking cool it, dude. This is where it gets rough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Jen. I might get bored of eating boar. Fish. And yeah, if I want to oh. change it up, I'm going to have Jin go fishing for me. Damn, he was who I And was also, thinking. now I've got two hotties. <laughs> three hotties? I knew I have three hotties. He was so like that. I'm looking at this list of characters and I literally just thought, who the fuck is Aaron? <laughs> 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 okay. Um. All right. This is actually really hard for me. Who's useful? I think I need useful people. Uh, okay. If I draft a, a a person, 
Is there is there like a fantasy land where that person doesn't they're not evil? Like it let's just say on my team that they're not a dick. Sure. So okay. Ethan? Ethan is coming to Lauren's team. He he's really resourceful and on my team he's just not bad. That's we're just going to play that game. Fair enough. I feel like I'm taking all the obvious picks, but I'm going to take Sawyer. I feel like he has... Oh, my God. How did I forget about Sawyer? (laughs) The strength, good in a fight. I feel like he'd have no issues with stealing from your guys' camp. I'm going to take Sawyer. See, I'm actually annoyed. I didn't think Sawyer was a great pick. I don't think he's that, like, resourceful. I probably would have taken Sawyer last just as a lover. Let's see what options we have left. None are great. <laughs> Does Libby have any good qualifications? She's a therapist. <laughs> you do <know> what? <laughs> yeah. I am so mentally ill. We're putting Libby on my team. If I'm not medicated, I better at least have a therapist. Libby. It's a good pick. Good pick. That's good value right there. Yeah. Um... Okay, I think I've now given up on trying to put useful people on my team. There aren't many left. I'm going to go Hugo for some comedy. I love him. He's a good guy to have around. I'm going to go Michael. All those years in construction would be very useful. He knows which walls are load-bearing. He does. Here's something you have to think about, though. If you pick Michael and your next pick is not Walt, Michael means nothing. I'll just get him. I'll get him as an undrafted free agent. He's not. He's never a free agent. They're a, they're a bonded pair. You can't take one without the other. So best of luck to you. One of you two going to take Walt? Absolutely the fuck not. That's what I thought. Uh, all right. Last pick. Silence. I'm going to pick Rose. Rose. Because anytime I would mess up, she would tell me it's okay. And I think I just need somebody on my team who can give me that kind of support. Lauren made a face. I'm trying to figure out who she's thinking. Because she was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this person's on the board. Yeah, I did. That's exactly what I just thought. Um, I was actually almost picked Rose last time. But I feel like for me, Sun fills that role on my team. I'm going with the obvious. I can't believe he's still on the board. With the fifth pick in the draft, Lauren selects Vincent. <laughs> I like that she's like, with the fifth pick in the draft. We're in the fifth round. <laughs> We're way Whatever. past the fifth Listen, pick. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. Nobody cares. With the second pick in the fifth round, Lauren selects Vincent. And I'm going to close her out with Shannon. I feel like if we ever get our hands on some of Rousseau's maps, the French translation will really come in handy. Well, also, I would like to sleep with her. Okay. Seems like maybe the maps would be at Kate's team with Rousseau. Rousseau's been on the island for 16 years. I guarantee you she doesn't have every map she made. Well, I'm going to talk to her and she's (laughs) going to collect them all in one place. And Saeed is going to guard them. So good luck. I also feel like Shannon just has a lot of upside. We saw on the camp 
that she is really good with knots and building general structures when they move to Boone Hill. I feel like that would be useful. Yeah, well, I was on the sailing team, so I don't need somebody good with knots. I'm already good at it. Shannon's like a sponge, you know? She dated a lot of guys and took in a lot of useful information, and that's going to be really handy on the island. Okay. So looking at my team, or are we going to go ahead with with the final bonus round yet? Oh, yes. Bonus round. We're doing undrafted free agents of flashback characters. Ooh. Okay. One each. Okay, so here's the thing. I would pick Sun's dad, but I cannot have Jin and Sun's dad on the same team. Why would you pick Sun's dad? Because he is a baddie. If there's like, (laughs) okay, (laughs) sometimes when it's a life or death survival situation, you got to make decisions you don't want to make. And you know who's not going to hesitate? Sun's dad. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) I guess I don't need him. Um, The rest of these suck. You know what, Jin's dad. Jin's dad is the best pick. Because you know what? Now I got even more fish. You got even more fish. <laughs> also, wholesome oh. family value. Yeah, and they get along. Mm-hmm. That's so unfortunate. I really was going to pick him because I, I don't really have a good food source on my team. Except for vegetables mm. and maybe Vincent. Ethan. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was going to say Ethan might get bored for me, but he also might murder all of us. So it's like <laughs> a real toss up there. Okay, well, I guess it's my turn, and I'm pissed. Um, I feel like the theme of my team so far, the motto, if you will, is we're here for a good time, not a long time. Oh, actually, fuck it. Fuck all of that. Um, I need a doctor. Give me Christian Shepherd. That is a great signing right there, Lauren. Oh, that was smart. All right, it's the only so smart I got thing co- I've done. <laughs> I got a couple different ways I can go here. I could go. No, they're literally all bad. <laughs> Just for those. I who, know who you should pick, but I'm not going to tell you. For those who are listening, the only characters that we put on the list are Christian Susan, the Marshal, even though he was on the island, Sarah, Jin's dad, son's dad, Liam, Randy Nations, Hugo's mom, and Helen. And with that being said, who is Liam? Oh, the brother. Got it. Yeah. I remember now. With that being said, because he deserves a win every now and that's then. That's what I was going to say. I'm going to go Helen. Yep. Aw. That's kind of nice. I take care of my players. You you other free agents out there, come sign with us. I was going to so take is, the marshal. This is what I think I, everyone's excited. lacking, okay? I'm lacking some serious medical care. <laughs> I've got a therapist, but... That's about it. Lauren, you're lacking a hunter. Ethan, a hunter, might hunt you. Might hunt women on the island. Zane, you're lacking moral support. I got John Locke. Yeah, no. I got Helen, queen of the motivational speech. Mm -mm, No, you're lacking moral support. I think my team definitely dies off first. (laughs) (laughs) I really feel like this is a two-man leg. But just to recap, Kate, your team? My team... A-team, Varsity, we have Saeed, Rousseau, Jin, Libby, Rose, and just for a little bit of fun, Jin's dad. My team uh, (laughs) is Echo, Sun, Ethan, Hugo, Vincent, the dog, and Christian Shepard. I feel like you really started off strong. Like, your first three picks weren't terrible, but... Your rationale was not great. 
Look, I go into everything and I just pick with my heart or I just pick with what's funny. That's a funny team. Zayn's going to kill us. I am surprised I was able to get three first round people in the first three rounds. This is like I made him do a draft of the best fruits um, just because I wanted to see who could have the best fruits on their team. His first pick was apple. That's not surprising. It is not the best fruit. It's Dr. Repellent. Zayn loves apples. But my team is... Locke, Jack, Sawyer, Michael, Shannon, and Helen. Biggest surprise that they're still on the board is Goodwin. Do you know what? Your team is absolutely going to be a shit show. All those guys are horrible. They're all going to be butting heads the whole time. Locke, Jack, Sawyer, Michael. And then you want to put Shannon in there? Oh, poor Shannon. Oh, Oh, that's horrible shannon and sawyer are just gonna end up banging out of necessity just because like well they're too hot i should have drafted kate just to keep the boys in line yeah Yeah. no all the boys would just be like whipping their dicks out like trying to get kate uh your team's a disaster what is it about this scenario that has just made it so much like more vulgar and intense as if they haven't been living on the island together forever no but now they're it's just that group like they're all going to be isolated from everybody else. Like they had, now they have Hugo to break up that tension that they don't have him anymore. He's on my team breaking up my tension. Ooh, Ethan just murdered someone, but at least Hurley has a good joke. What if Ethan <laughs> murdered Hurley? No, everybody <laughs> loves Hugo. Didn't you, don't you remember that episode? That's what it was called. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that's the joke, dumbass. What was it called? Everybody hates you, go. Oh. See, I when you said that, I was like, yeah, it was called that, wasn't it? <laughs> there you go. That was a fun time. We'll do another draft uh, next draft season when I know most of the characters, probably. Stay tuned for April of 2024. Speaking of 2024, big news. They announced a lost documentary coming in 2024 to celebrate the 20-year anniversary. Hey, that's probably when we'll be done with uh, this podcast. And then we can do a bonus episode of the documentary. We'll definitely be covering it. Bobby Moynihan is going to be on it. I think he narrates it. Who's that? He did a bunch of SNL. Mm. So it's going to be funny? Maybe. Mm. But I'm Wait, very did, excited. Did we track this out that we're going to be done in 2024 or 2025? 2025. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I... Oh, I didn't even plan on knowing you for that long. Oh, damn. <laughs> I'll know Kate then still, but not not you probably. Yeah, sorry, Zane. Hey, Lauren, how would you summarize this episode? Here's my synopsis. I get my answers. Kate gets kissing and we get a little haction. That's a good one. I got quick bits. I try to keep them short because I knew the draft was going to take forever. Number one, this was... Directed by Paul Edwards. This was his directorial debut on Lost, but he was a camera operator on eight episodes before this. And then he goes on to direct nine more episodes, including the epilogue. He did one to two episodes of like every show ever, but the shows that he directed the most of are Heroes, Fringe, Human Target, and Once Upon a Time, one of my personal favorites. Believe it or not, Believe it or not. Believe it or not, this episode actually marks the first time that Jin and Locke exchange dialogue. Well, let's be honest. Jin wasn't exchanging a lot of dialogue with anyone. Exactly. For a while there. 
So I'm like, believe it or not, believe it or not, I, I believe it. <laughs> they would go on to be on Hawaii Five-0 together as well. And this episode marks the end of the handcuff on Jin's wrist. And lastly... How would the handcuff be? <laughs> His neck? You know, it's a handcuff. <laughs> and this episode was the mid-season finale of season two. Really? Yeah, this was like bef- long before but mid-season only, finales were actually a thing. But we're only like nine episodes in. Well, they took they took the break for the winter holidays and then they came back. Okay, so it's not really mid, it's more like... Well, there was episodes? a three-month gap between this episode and the next episode. Okay, Jesus, don't get so upset. I'm just asking for clarification because my next question was how many episodes are in this season? Including the two-part finale, 24. The episode starts off how we all wanted it to. Jin is shirtless. Hottie of the week. It already happened. We're doing that it now. I knew. The second I saw Jin uh, come out, I was like, if he is not hottie of the week. I mean, oh it wasn't exactly God. a hot episode. Oh, the abs. That was, it was a hot episode. I mean, just for that scene alone? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just kill me right now. So Jin and Saeed are now tied to a piece. No way. Well, look, if Jin keeps being oh, shirtless, he's got two. it. I thought this was like overall. Yeah, no, not at all. Jin mm. might go on a run this season, though. Mm. He's pretty good looking. But he and Sun come out of their tent happily reunited, and Hurley gives them a thumbs up, knowing that they definitely just had sex. But meanwhile, Saeed is digging Shannon's grave. Damn, that's dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what a juxtaposition. In the hatch, Jack cleans Sawyer's wound and tells him that he wants to learn how to dig a bullet out with his bare hands. And then Sawyer slightly comes to and asks for Kate and says that he loves her, which Jack has a very hard time hearing. There is no way, I'm saying this from my own brain, there's no way that he was actually talking about Kate. He has to be hallucinating about something else. He does not love Kate. No way. Well, who do you think he'd be talking about then? He, all he said was, where is she? Maybe he had a lover in his in his pre-island life that he's hallucinating about, and he loves her. It's his he, dog, actually. There's no way. I don't know. That's That's crazy. He does not love Kate. I think what you need to consider, and I'm not saying you're right or wrong, but what we need to consider is time on the island moves a little faster, because this is... Ha- almost halfway into the second season of a show when in reality it's really like day 53 on the island yeah i got that i know how much time they've spent together he does not love her and if he does okay kiss her then More, yeah. like uh, not against her will though that I mean, was a coerced all right but later oh my god it just like all it did was tease me for the relationship that i want and then slap me in the face with a kiss that I didn't want. Stupid we'll get there. Shit. Kate is once again in a tree picking fruit. I point this out because the first time we had Kate on, you said, quote, why is this bitch in a tree? <laughs> I actually wrote in my notes, now why is this bitch in a tree? Anyway, she's once again in a tree picking fruit, and she nearly falls out and drops some of it. As she's picking it up on the ground, she sees a black horse, which obviously spooks her. 
What was your first reaction to this horse? I just assumed it was a hallucination just because like people always are just hallucinating shit on this Island. But the, and I even said in my notes, I was like, it's literally right before that. They were like, Oh, Kate's been awake for 24 hours. And I was like, every time somebody hallucinates on this Island, they make a point to be like, Oh, they're exhausted or they have blood loss or whatever. You know what I mean? So I just assumed it wasn't real. And your first reaction, Kate? I can't, you need to do it. Whose horse is that? (laughs) (laughs) That was my first reaction. I just can't do it as good. In the first flashback, Kate awaits on a front porch playing with a lighter when a very drunk man named Wayne comes home. Kate helps him to bed, as he calls her beautiful, asks if she will take his pants off and grabs her arm. She pulls out of his grip and leaves the house and then starts her bike, has a brief moment of hesitation before riding away and the house explodes behind her. So here's my whole reaction to that scene. What we've all been waiting for by we, I mean me, he rolls up and he just screams domestic violence. That's, that's an abuser if I've ever seen one, but I didn't know like what relation he was like, it didn't seem like, like he was a father. I, I don't know. So anyway, then like they're in the bed and I can tell I'm like, she's going to kill this guy. Duh. Then she leaves and she's on the bike and she hesitates. And I'm like, now she's going to go back in and kill him. And then she drives off and I'm like, why didn't she? Ki- oh, she killed him. Yep. And that's pretty much how it went like that. You were pretty close overall. You said you initially thought that she was sleeping with the marshal. Then you thought it was a situation where she was being abused. Then you thought it was a, uh, like, home abuse. So you eventually got there. Took you, like, pretty much the entire time, but you got there. I'm very smart. I feel like she still has killer sexual tension with that marshal. Well, she ends up going to the diner that Diana is working at. Or Diane. Diane. It's Diane. Diana is Gal Gadot. Oh, I would kill to go to that diner. That place, <laughs> I bet they have a, a patty melt. Imagine getting a patty melt from there. That would be really good. Oh, Top three diners I've always wanted to go to. Luke's Diner on Gilmore Girls. This diner. And Ritzy's. I was going to say Waffle House. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Waffle House is disgusting. Oh, you're wrong. (laughs) You're just so wrong. See, I have issues with being sticky. And when I went to a Waffle House, like literally the tables were like coated in syrup. And I was like, I will never return. It's like part of the charm. (laughs) No. It gives the food more flavor. I love watching videos, though, of fights that break out at Waffle House. Like there's the one where the two employees are fighting and then there's a person sitting at the counter just going, can I have some waffles, please? That's like pretty out of your head of what the environment is. I thought that was a Denny's. I'm not going to lie. It's always. But she goes to the diner, speaks to her mother, and asks about why she's wearing a wrist brace. Her mother starts spinning a story about how she hurt herself at work, but Kate calls her out on it. Diane says that she made her bed, but Kate says, well, your bed's gone, mama. I don't (laughs) understand why everybody is Southern when it's confirmed in Iowa. There are people all over that speak in Southern accents. When you're in a rural community, people just kind of put on a Southern draw. I have people here in Bakersfield that speak with a Southern draw. They just do. Like, just a thing. My old roommate from Maryland always said y'all. So, 
I say y'all, and I'm from Ohio. Kate gives her mom the insurance policy on the house that she took out in her mother's name, and Diane asks if Wayne knows about this. Kate tells her to remember that she was at work and did not see her. Then Diane asks what she did, and Kate says she took care of her, and she will not see her for a while. Kate hugs her mom, but Diane does not return the hug. And as she leaves, Diane calls for Kate. I had already tell her mom was a piece of shit. Here's the thing. Let's just very quickly address domestic violence is a very complex situation, and I'm not making light of that situation. But you could just tell she was going to turn Kate in. I could just see it in her face. I mean, obviously we know that because, like, we obviously know that she gets caught and everything. But, like, I was like, dang, that's cold. Also, she should have just left. Kate should not have gone and talked to her mom. Because they just made a whole scene in that diner. And maybe it's not her mom that turns her in. Maybe it's that guy sitting three feet away that heard the whole conversation and heard them yelling. What did you do, Katie? I do think she definitely had to speak to her mom. Because had she not explained the house insurance policy, they'd be like, oh, so you take out this policy and then the house blows up. Yeah, but she was at work and she had an alibi. It would have been fine. Yeah, I mean, it's not really hard to kill someone when you lose or like he. I think the assumption is that guy chain smokes and he blew himself up, and you just release the gas. House fills with gas. He comes home, lights a cigarette. Boom! You don't have to be home to do that. Okay, but regardless, that was stupid. Everything she did was stupid. Kate returns the hatch, and when Jack asks if she is okay, she says she's fine but tired. Then Jack updates her on Sawyer's condition and says that she should go to the beach for Shannon's funeral. Kate says that she should stay and Jack should go. And then Jack tells her how to take care of Sawyer and not to forget about the button. He then asks again if she is okay, and she says she's great. At the camp, Echo finds Anna making her tent and tells her that he is going to go to the funeral. Anna says that she is not going, and Echo tells her that most of them realize it's an accident, but uh, Anna does not respond. Do you think Anna should have gone to the funeral? No. This is interesting. Kate, you think she should have gone. I kind of think she should have. I think it would be awkward, but I do think it depends on how everyone else is feeling about it. Like, if it were me, to be honest, I would have attended from a far away distance so people see that i feel bad but i'm not trying to be all up in it like i would like like, maybe don't make a speech but like maybe make your presence known shannon seems like a really nice person when she came out of that show (laughs) so sorry i shot her that was my bad i yeah i would just stand like far back so i'm kind of on like fashion tiktok um because as we know I'm the most fashionable person ever. Me and my Cracker Barrel sweatshirts. Um, (laughs) But anyways, they were reviewing the outfits from the Kids' Choice Awards. Jump scare. Anna Lucy was there. Can you see her? I'll text it to you if you can't see it. I can see some weird pattern, but then there's a glare. I'm texting this to you. It is a jump scare. And I texted this. What's the group chat name? Did you not save her? Mm. LGL. I, I didn't save her either. Wow, you guys are like, you guys are the worst friends. If I need her number, I'll just find the group chat. Yeah, exactly. I texted Zane about it, and I was like, look at this. Is this Anna Lucia? And he's like, yeah, why? 
And I'm like, look at her outfit. And he's like, what about it? What the? I know. And he was like, what? She's old. And I was like, that is no excuse to dress like that. And it's was, the kid's choice awards. That does mean that you wear that. I don't understand what this is. There is no excuse to ever wear that outfit. Oh my God, I hate that. That is horrible. She's a fashion icon. Those pants will haunt my nightmares. Yeah. Oh my God. So, that's I don't even all think I, I would have think of when I saw her. I don't think I would have recognized her in that picture. She does look significantly older, but it's been 20 years. For 20 years, she doesn't look 20 years older. No, she looks good. So, good for her. But I also don't think she tried that hard because, again, it was the Kids' Choice Awards. Okay, literally but- a sweatshirt and jeans would have been better. Yeah. What like, she- though, is she's there to represent the new Fast and Furious movie coming out. Why did I think it was Transformers? If she would be in a Transformers movie. Yeah, she would. But that's, like, such a sexual franchise. So the fact that, like, it's highlighted at the Kids' Choice Awards really bothers me. You know, I don't know anything about the Kids' Choice Awards. Is that where they used to slime people? Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. They still do that? I don't know. With COVID? What does COVID have to do with slime? Slime is a super spreader. Okay. <laughs> Once again, the survivors gather at Boone Hill as Saeed delivers the eulogy, saying that they never would have met or spoken if not for the crash. He says that he loved her as he struggles to get the rest of it out. And then he and Jack share a look before Saeed leaves. Jack grabs a handful of sand and drops it on Shannon. Locke follows suit, and soon everyone does. And Sun brought flowers, which was super sweet. Kate puts on some music and talks to Sawyer as she preps him his food, and she mentions the horse. This causes Sawyer to start mumbling, and when she leans closer, he wakes up and starts to choke her, asking, why did you kill me? What was your reaction to this? I was a little freaked out. I was just like, what the fuck? That was kind of it. Jack and Locke return to the swan and find that the alarm is going off and Sawyer is laying on the floor. There's no sign of Kate. So Locke rushes to the button with 23, 23 seconds left, rushes the code and barely gets it in as the clock hits zero. Locke then asks Jack what happened and Jack snaps at him because he doesn't know. Obviously, Kate doesn't believe that the button is real. She said, fuck that shit. I did think it was interesting that Jack, when he leaves to talk to, to go to the funeral, he says, don't forget about the button. But then later, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, later, when he finds Kate in the jungle, he says, Sawyer's on the ground, you weren't there. He didn't say anything about the fact that the button nearly didn't get pushed. Yeah. You know what I was thinking is, is earlier when Jack leaves and he's like, I'll be back in a couple hours. I literally was like, what is that in button time? And I'm like, how long on the island do you have to be like, I'll be back in three buttons? <laughs> That'd be fun. Charlie finds Kate in the jungle and tells her about the funeral and how Anna did not go. He tells her that the Tailies have seemed to have a rough go of it. But then Kate asks if he thinks there are horses on the island. Charlie says that he has seen and heard polar bears and monsters, but no signs of horses. And then Kate runs off. So I have felt like Kate in this situation before. I used to live at this apartment. 
And I was in school and I was working at Starbucks. And so I would work nights and I'd get home at like 11 and be dark out. And I swear to God, like every time I get home, there'd be these vans and they would drop off like three or four people all wearing like the same like weird suits and like holding books. And they would get out of the vans. And they wouldn't speak to each other. And they'd all just walk in different directions. But no one else had ever seen them. So like I was asking, I lived with my brother and I was like, have you seen the people too? And I just think that's really relatable. That is, I really need to know everything about that. Well, you could say one thing that might make it make a little more sense. Should, do, I, do we want to give away the ending now? Go for it. Or should we, should we well, keep the suspense? Well, we'll keep the suspense. What? Wait, what? We'll tell you in season six. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. When do I get to know? The end of the episode. Oh, okay. Oh, what? Uh, but speaking of this scene, I I am very proud to say Charlie was okay in this episode. Yeah, he was fine. He, he was neutral. He did nothing wrong. He didn't wrong. do much. Hmm. Which means Wayne is douche of the week. I was holding out because you never know. Charlie might do something. Worse than Wayne? <laughs> Worse than Wayne. Okay. Uh, you weren't here, but a couple episodes ago, I was like, Charlie is showing early signs of abuse. <laughs> Was he? Yeah, because he was, he just Not didn't really, react. no. If you listen to the episode, Zane was being so dramatic. He was being like a TikTok Gen Z chronically, chronically online. online. <laughs> yeah, he was My like. My only thing was like. It's like, she's, he's trying to isolate her from everybody. I'm like, she's, she's definitely not. Like, Locke was helping with Aaron. And Charlie thought it was like the fucking weirdest thing. He like visibly reacts like, what is he doing here? And I was like, you're not the only one that can help with the baby. Like, why are you trying? Why are you like trying to isolate them? He was being dramatic. And yeah, no. I don't know about all that. In the next flashback, Kate tries to get a one way ticket to Tallahassee. <laughs> so I noticed um, that some guy says to Kate, the what's Marshall. A, the marshal? who I thought was a sheriff, but that's a different story, um, says, what's a pretty girl like you going to Tallahassee for? And it reminded me of me and Zane's favorite TikTok. It's our favorite bit. Our favorite bit of shit that children say. What's a pretty girl like you doing in Orlando, Florida? Interesting. I also have a grandmother. Yo, Willy Putty, how old are you? Like 13, 14? (laughs) What the fuck is happening? (laughs) It's our favorite bit. You know what we've been obsessed with saying lately, and this is not a new video, but like anytime that something happens, Andrew and I go, it's not funny. I've got school. <laughs> <You know? laughs> nah, nah, I've got school. And we can't do the accent right, which makes it so much better. And then every time we do it, we have to bring up the video to hear the, the correct accent. It's fantastic. When Kate turns around, the guy asking why she's going to florida is the marshal as he stands in line behind her question do we know his first name i think it's like ed or something like mm, that i was gonna ask if it could be marshall oh, i hope it is marshall mars yeah he asks if he knows her and she says no after seeing the other marshals she tries to make a break for it even hits mars but she gets arrested the cuffs are put on and speaking of the cuffs if you follow us on tiktok you might have seen a little video of Lauren, myself, and our cousin Oliver trying to get out from uh, our hands tied up behind our back. And I'm bringing this up because yesterday when I was over at my dad's place watching Survivor, I showed dad that TikTok and he tried it. No way. Did you record it? 
He wouldn't. He he said, "Let me prove that I can do it first. Then you can record it. And when I do it again, and he laid on the floor for three minutes, and he said he just kept saying, "Here we go, here we go." And then he tried for like five seconds. He'd be like, "Okay, hold on." <laughs> and then I, it wouldn't have been it's a funny me. video because every thirty seconds I would have been like. Don't hurt your shoulder. Don't hold. Don't hurt your yeah. back. <laughs> I was gonna say, Dad, who has had shoulder surgery and back surgery, was trying to do that. That is, that's hilarious. I would have paid to see that. <laughs> a lot of, it was a lot of like hyping himself up with breaths. You know, like you take a deep breath before you do something, and then and then just like. Here we go. And then he was like, well, you remember I used to be able to jump through my leg. And he was he was like holding his foot like he was going to do it. And I was like, please don't do it. Wow. See, unlike you guys, I don't think I could do that. I don't need to try. <laughs> no, I, was, I know my limits. I was confident. Like, I was like, I can definitely do that 100%. I can do that. And even No, but like, I understand the feeling because I could do wipeout. <laughs> <laughs> I could not do wipeout. I could do wipeout. No one can tell me differently unless you put me on wipeout. I am also confident that I can run faster than Zane. So the NFL Combine was last week, and okay. I showed her a clip of Dwan Jones, who played for Ohio State, who weighs over 370 pounds, running a 40-yard dash in less than six seconds. And I was like, that's pretty impressive for a guy of that size. And then I was like, I bet I could do the 40 faster than you. And she said, well, what does that mean? And I had to explain to her how far yards are. I used to, like, track distances. So I was like, what, like, how many meters is that? I'm not used to these football terms. So if you want to see which one of us can run the 40-yard dash faster, go to our TikTok because we are going to be putting it up on there. I'm training. And the moment I'm in training, I'm not ready yet. We've got seven weeks to do it because we record these ahead of time, but... I believe a couple days after this episode comes out, we are going to be running the fucking 40. I'd also like to share, though, that I'm down a toe bone. So I'm already at a disadvantage. I'm so excited for this. You know what? I bet you're both faster than me, honestly. I I don't run for shit. I'm not going to do it. I don't run. My toxic trait is anytime I watch the 40-yard dash, I can run that fast. (laughs) I cannot. Like, I just need to run as fast as I can for four to five seconds. Easy. No. I think it's all about momentum, though. You got to get, like, you got to get a good start. I caught a guy's glove on fire one time ziplining. I got plenty of momentum. <laughs> it's all about the weight. Anyway, what was your reaction to when the marshal revealed that Diane sold Kate out? Duh. Yeah. I saw, I saw that coming a mile away. I saw it in her eyes. Think back to... Born to Run when they reunite and she screams for help. Does that did this episode put that scene into more clarity? Yeah, for shout. It seems interesting that she would call for help as if she was afraid, though. Yeah, but she like at that point it could have been both. It could have been she's confused and like her mind is weakly knowing who Kate is, but like only associating with her with like oh she murdered my husband or whatever and so like she's not all there she just knows that like kate's like done a bad thing or whatever back on the island jack asked charlie if he has seen kate and charlie points him towards the path to the caves which apparently just no one lives at anymore at the hatch Locke breaks the cuff off of Jin, and he thanks him Jin shows the cuff to michael who says that he looks good and then michael asks about the blast door to the hatch 
or the blast door that the hatch has. Locke asks what he's referring to, and Michael explains that the hatch has a set of blast doors that come down in case of an explosion. And they like come down from the ceiling like a little whoosh, kind of like every Star Wars movie. Michael asks if Desmond mentioned what they are for, and Locke says no, but he left a movie. Locke asks if he wants to watch it, and Echo asks if he can watch too. This scene was really weird to me, because Michael's like, what's up with the blast doors? You know, these things that come down in case of an explosion. And my thought was, well, that's what's up with the blast doors. <laughs> They're there in case there's an explosion. How how did Michael know what a blast door was? Michael just appears to be an expert in everything, I guess. He can touch a cave wall and tell you if it's a load bearer. When he was touching the door frame, I literally went, he's checking to see if it's load bearing. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the thing that's the most weird about this scene is just that Michael is talking about blast doors and not thinking about his son who was kidnapped. Yeah, he's very like nonchalant about everything. I feel like you gave him a lot of shit for being ultra fixated on Walt. And now I'm going to give him shit for being like, just chilling. Like out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, honestly, I feel like he's like, oh man, it's kind of nice not to have a kid. Ooh, I hope back to the old back. days. <laughs> <laughs> My thought process was like maybe he's like worried about Sawyer and like is like waiting to see if he like pulls through before he leaves or whatever. But then also he never checked on Sawyer this entire episode. No, he absolutely doesn't care about Sawyer. Like I think maybe I don't know. I just want to see like one scene where they're actually like planning to go find Walt please do you do you have a theory on what's up with the blast doors uh magnets cause explosions it's bomb shelter (laughs) of course well like I think what it's trying to do is like the whole thing with the button is like oh my god if the button gets doesn't get pressed the world ends like this becomes a bunker this becomes like you know, whatever. Also, like, how old? No, it's not. It's not like. No, never mind. That makes literally no sense at all. Just, <laughs> it's a World War Two. <laughs> no, I was going to say the Cold War. That makes no sense. They're not in the United States or Russia. So I or or Cuba. But they are smack mark? dab in the middle of them. No, they're super not. They're in the Pacific Ocean. Way south. They were going north. Okay, but they're not that north. Where do you think you Russia know. is? Where do you think Russia is? Okay, look, everyone knows that if Russia and the U.S. launched nukes at each other, everybody would be launching nukes and nowhere would be safe. Okay, I, I just, it doesn't even matter because I don't think it's that old. Actually, maybe. It, it doesn't we matter. Know the video was in the 1980s. Oh, okay, then not that old. <laughs> Jack finds Kate in the jungle and asks what the hell happened. He tells her that he found Sawyer lying on the ground, which she immediately asks if he's okay. And then Kate apologizes, and Jack asks her if she actually is sorry. And then Kate starts to just spiral. She says that she's sorry that she is not as perfect or as good as Jack is. And when she tries to storm off, Jack grabs her and forces her into a hug as she continues to spiral into tears and tells her it's okay. She says that the island is driving her crazy, and then she kisses Jack, and we all cheered. No. No, we didn't. (laughs) She then pulls back and runs into the jungle, and Jack calls after her. So we all cheered. 
No, no one cheered. I thought she was going to like end the kiss and just like look at him and be like, I murdered someone and then run away. <laughs> the running. Yeah, that that's on brand. But I was hoping she'd just be like, actually, I'm a murderer. I wonder what her 40 time is. Not as fast as mine. Okay, I have a question. Yeah. Earlier, you brought up the van thing with the people getting out of the van. And then you were like, oh, we're not going to spoil the end. But then, although this seems to be like it's a reveal. Is the 40-yard dash the ending to the van thing? Or is there another no. thing? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's so, an ending. Okay, thank you. I was just like, oh, that's not related at all. It's a explain, good ending. Explain to me what the correlation would be. I'm still thinking about the van thing. <laughs> I want to know. Um, I, I, I don't know. Anyway, what'd you ask? Oh, no, I wasn't happy at all. What was your reaction to the kiss itself? Uh, Honestly, it was like, whatever. And the other thing is, I'm pretty sure like last episode or maybe two episodes ago, I went, someone better kiss. (laughs) And now I regret saying that. But uh, I mean, it was fine. Like, whatever. I I like when people kiss. People should kiss more. But that's not who I wanted it to be. Like on Love Island. No, I don't love that. It's too loud. They need to mute the mics when they make out. I said that Ian Sterling should have done a voiceover for the Kate and Jack kiss. <laughs> I have no idea what he would say. I'm not as good of a comedian as he is, but I know he would have come up with something amazing. He definitely would have said something funny. Probably like when Jack is like grabbing her and like pulling her into a hug. Just something like, the man literally cannot let go. <laughs> That was a good one. That was pretty good. Echo, Michael, and Locke finished the orientation movie. And Locke actually watched them the entire time to gauge their reactions. And Michael asked about the logistics of pushing the button, if people want to know why they're pushing it, and about the missing pieces of the film. Locke says that he thinks it's just the occasional frame and nothing important is missing, even though in the movie it's like, it's very important that you don't, and then it cuts to the ending. Locke asks Echo what he thinks, and he just gets up and leaves. I loved that. Because then I was like, well, I I must know what he thinks. I must know. (laughs) He's back to his 40-day thing. Kate is sitting at Shannon's grave as Saeed walks up and puts her necklace on it. She apologizes for missing the funeral, saying that she had to be with Sawyer. He then asks why she's not there now, and she says because she's going crazy. And then asked if he believes in ghosts. Saeed tells her about how he saw Walt in the jungle. And then says that maybe he is crazy. And then just gets up and leaves. <laughs> My hottie of the week. After Jin's abs? <laughs> Who? Just talking about Saeed. Like, oh. I just blacked out. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Saeed was just like really down in this episode. Now I get it, you know. What what a casual At this point, way. it's been a month. I'm over it. What? Good to know. She died in episode six, seven, eight, nine. It's been like three weeks. Okay, well, it's been like two days. So let's let Saeed mourn and he could be hot later. It actually might be the, the same day. Okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. In the next flashback, Kate rides shotgun in the marshal's car. What the fuck was that? Why was she riding shotgun? Yeah, that's weird. Probably because they're banging. Probably because the sexual tension was too strong. The sexual tension is incredible. 
really not but he literally calls her like a piece of shit in every scene they've ever shared that doesn't mean there's no sexual tension people who are in a relationship don't have sexual tension chemistry sure tension the tension is a, is a precursor it's just like it, it, it's the storm before it happens you know they've got storms for days <laughs> Marshall asks why she killed Wayne now after all this time, and she does not answer because she doesn't want to incriminate herself. But Mars says that the whole thing was amateur hour. She says that he must have it all figured out sarcastically, but then Mars says that he has her all figured out. How Diane left her dad, started up with Wayne, who was a drunk and abusive, and ended up marrying him, taking her father's place, and her mother defended him despite all the abuse. He says that could lead someone to want to kill. But again, why now? He asks if Wayne turned his attention to Kate, but Kate says that he never touched her. I don't know why she said it so angrily. Because that's her father. Because it's her dad. Yeah, I know. But it was almost like she would be embarrassed to be a victim. I don't know. It just like rubbed me the wrong way. It did kind of seem like the tone of her voice was kind of like she... She definitely wasn't, but you could interpret her to be defending Wayne. I think, like, no, I think what it was, was like, one, he obviously in that last scene where we're seeing hit them together, her and Wayne, he is kind of making some creepy like advances like that. And she at that point knows that he's her dad. So she's like, that's absolutely disgusting. And it makes it like so much worse that he's like so vile. So I think that's the reaction. But also it's for the show, for us, for the dad reveal to be like even bigger because it could be like she's just like being defensive because that did happen. Or maybe he tried to and that's when she decided to kill him because she was like, all right, it's gone too far. But I just feel like it's because the thought is so disgusting. Like she already hated him. And now that's her dad. So, See, I got the vibes that she was like, it was one of her I'm not like other girls kind of things. I'm uh, not like other girls. I can never be a victim. I didn't really get that. But I also do think that there could be some of that in that she sees her mom as weak for putting up with it. And she's like, I would never. Like, if it were me, if I were my mom's position, I would never do that. So I think there might be some of that there. They which is like, like no, I mean, it's not great. If that's what it is, that's not great. But that's not what I got from the scene. Suddenly, a horse runs across the road and Mars wrecks. Kate uses this as an opportunity to grab the keys, kick him out, literally, and take the car. She turns on the lights and the horse is still standing in front of her before running away. She then drives away, leaving Mars on the side of the road. Why were the lights off? (laughs) In the wreck, they got jostled. (laughs) At the hatch, Michael asks more questions about the button, like why they can't pre-type the numbers. I thought that was just like, yeah, viewers were like, why don't they just pretend the numbers? So like, they're like using Michael being inquisitive to just answer some questions here, which was fun. But Locke says the computer won't let them. Then Michael asks to check out the hardware and Locke says not to break it. This scene really bothered me because everything we know about Michael, it doesn't really seem like he's got like a lot going for him in like the real world. So I don't expect him to know what any of this equipment does. But he's just like, can I look at it? What? You don't want to look at shit? Even like, you don't have to be a computer expert to want to look at a computer. I'd want to look at it. I would I look mean, at it. And like I don't later, he's like, he's like tracking the wires, like figuring out what goes where. 
none of that means anything to him. That's like, not I necessarily true. If he's if he's worked on construction sites, then he's probably worked closely with electricians. Like, yeah, he might but know not, something. I don't know. Like that's yeah. pretty. You think this is a computer that controls a giant magnet that rips planes out of the sky? You think Michael's gonna understand what any of that shit does? Well, see, he probably doesn't think it's a giant magnet that rips planes out of the sky. Exactly. Yeah, that would be and also. I think they're on an island with literally nothing to do. If he wants to track some wires, he can track some wires. I think you're being you know what a he could do? Intense. Track the others and find his son. Yeah, I said that already. I just think you are getting mad at him for the wrong reason. I'd I'm said not mad at reason. him. I just think it was like a dumb decision by the I show. Know. It doesn't make any sense for him to be like, I'm going to be They always put Michael in that role, like the one who's like, oh, and I all of a sudden know this information. And, and that wall is load-bearing. Yeah. Just let him do it. Stop yelling at Michael. He's like, oh, I worked construction, so I know how to build a boat. I don't think the two necessarily go hand in hand. Yeah, okay. Well, there's also fireworks smugglers and tarp smugglers and cooler smugglers. Earlier when Saeed was using that like makeshift shovel, I was like, oh, too bad there weren't shovel smugglers. Echo has something to show Locke. He says he wants to start at the beginning. So he tells the story of King Josiah of Judah in a long time before Christ. Locke comments that he actually is starting at the beginning, but Echo tells the story of when Josiah sent his secretary to the sanctuary for gold to rebuild the temple in order for people to stop worshiping false gods. The secretary returned not with gold, but a book. Echo asked Locke if he knows this story, which he does not, which honestly surprised me considering Locke is usually one to pull out an old-ass story like this, like with Boone and the Michelangelo thing. Yeah, but we've never seen any any hints that Locke is actually religious. I, I keep saying cult vibes, but his it would be like his own made-up religion. Like, the god is the island. Like, we don't... What I liked about this was, like, I think Locke was getting a taste of his own medicine. How many times has he, like, rambled some kind of, like, nonsensical story to someone that eventually goes somewhere, but they're sitting there like, okay. It's like dad telling a joke. Okay. I I would never say that, Dad. The book that they found was the Old Testament, which they used to rebuild the temple. Echo tells Locke how they found the arrow station on the other side of the island and how they found a book. He gives the Bible from the other 48 days to Locke, and when he opens it, he finds film. Upon closer examination, it's Dr. Candle from the orientation film, and Locke looks stunned. What was your reaction to the reveal of the film? I was pumped. I thought we were going to get some, like, juicy shit. I I was pretty excited. Like what the button is? Like, just something. Or, like, what the incident was, maybe? I don't know. I was was excited. Hurley comments on Bernard being white to Jack, and then asks if Jack is mad at Sawyer because he is chopping his wood. He says that it's transference, which he learned about in the mental hospital. Jack asks if he's a shrink, and then says that he is not mad at anyone. I actually did not check to see if transference is right. I think it is. I wanted but- to Google it because it didn't sound right. I was really <laughs> confused. Like, I was not following what he was saying. Yeah. Editing Zane? Editing Zane here. Transference, in psychoanalysis terms, is the redirection to a substitute, usually a therapist, of emotions that were originally felt in childhood. So not quite, Hurley. Not quite. Later, Kate finds Sun taking care of Sawyer in the hatch and asks where Jack is. 
Then Kate asks if Sawyer said anything, and Sun acts like that's ridiculous and says no. She then asks if Kate will take over watching Sawyer, which Kate hesitates but agrees. Then we get our next flashback as Kate goes to an army recruiter's office, and if you pay very close attention, Saeed was on the TV in the background. Doing what? America's Got Talent? No, he was in Iraq. What? Iraq's Got Talent? No, it's an army recruiter office. They're probably just like showing footage from the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. So, but he was the bad guy. Yeah. Hmm. That's not necessarily... Wait, we've talked about this. Is that like revealed later? I specifically asked you if by American standards, if Saeed would be considered to be on the bad side or the good side of the war, because within Iraq, there's like good and bad people. He told Hurley in the third episode that he fought in the Republican Guard during the Gulf War, which was the bad side. Mm. Okay, then why didn't you tell me that the last time I asked you? When did you ask me last time? I don't know, but I'm going to fucking find it and I'm going to go and we're going to bring it up. Oh, no, I know what you're talking about. We were talking about like, Oh, you're you're so right. I don't even know what you're saying. I'm pretty sure we were asking about Nadia. Like who was who was good and who was bad at, with Nadia? With and, Nadia and, and him, like who would yeah. we say is like good and bad based on like American standards? Like that's yeah. not like the best terms to use, but you know what we're trying to say. We're not bad people. <laughs> anyway, Kate sits down with her father, Sergeant Major Austin, and her dad tells her that the police came looking for her and that she should leave. Kate says that she's been waiting for a while and the coast is clear. And then he asks her if it's true that she killed Wayne and why she came. She asks why he never told her that Wayne is her real father. She says that she found out while looking at pictures of him overseas, overseas, over, is it plural? Overseas. Yeah, overseas. overseas. While she was supposed to be conceived. He says he did not tell her because he knew that she would kill Wayne and Diane loved him. He says that he wanted to take her when she was five, but Diane would not let him. And then Kate asks why he did not kill Wayne. Her father says that he does not have murder in his heart. She gets up to leave and her father says that he has to call this in, but she asks for an hour head start and he agrees and they hug and say goodbye. What was your reaction to this reveal? That is not, first of all, that is not what I expected her dad to be like. I kind of just figured her dad was just, like, gone. Um, and also crazy. I, I did not see that coming. I was pretty good. I feel like there was so much hype around what Kate did. And you were able to accurately say what Kate did. So it was nice that they threw in this, like, reveal within the reveal. Yeah, I agree. Because I pretty much nothing shocked me in this episode until that. And then I was like, oh. Aw, that's interesting. Back on the island, Kate sits next to Sawyer and asks if he can hear her. No response. Then she asks if Wayne is there, and Sawyer begins to mumble. I, like, have secondhand embarrassment already. This scene was, like, my stomach was churning. Yeah. And it's churning now, just thinking about it, but continue. Kate says that she knows that she is crazy, but maybe Wayne is there. And she tells him the reason she killed him was not because of the abuse or breaking up her family, but because she hated that Wayne was part of her and that she will never be good. She says every time she looks at or feels something for Sawyer, she sees Wayne and it makes her sick. Sawyer comes to saying it's the sweetest thing that he has ever heard and asks who the hell Wayne is. 
Sawyer asks where they are and if they were rescued, and Kate tells him, not yet. So here's my thing. I feel like the first part of it was fine. Like, would I have started saying all that to an unconscious person, pretending it's my dead kind of dad? No. But for me, the cringy part was when she started talking about her feelings for Sawyer to Sawyer as she's pretending he's Wayne. What? It's weird. It was, it was it, yeah, I didn't like it. So she kissed Jack in this episode. So really, this episode did a lot for the love triangle. Yeah. Locke and Echo piece the film together. And Locke asks, what are the odds that the film was taken apart and separated, but the two halves of the same plane reunite the film? Echo tells him not to mistake coincidence for fate. Thank you. I kind of would have thought that was fate, to be honest. It is fate. Echo was saying it's fate. Oh, see, when he said don't... No, he's definitely not. No, 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 no. He's definitely saying... Because Locke says, what are the odds? Crazy that this happened. And Echo's saying, no, it was fated for this to happen. Okay, now that you absolutely not. don't mistake... No, don't mistake coincidence for fate. Yeah, it was a coincidence. Don't mistake it for fate. Yeah, I got what you're saying, but if he was saying that, he would have said, don't mistake fate for coincidence. Okay, he's absolutely saying it's fate. Well, the order of the words is important. The order of the words, they got it wrong, but also in the next episode, they got something really wrong, and that'll be a quick bit. Okay, well, I'm just going to tell you, the way that Locke is saying it, what are the odds that this, 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 even though he's phrasing it like coincidence, he's very clearly being like, destiny brought these pieces together. Yeah, when and then, he's like two ends of the plane, like find yeah. each other and they reunite, and then like he thinks it's Echo is, is opposing that. He's saying, don't confuse that for fate. It's not fate. That's what he's saying. I'll, I will bet my life savings on this. You can say maybe the show intended for it yeah. to be different, just because, but the way it was portrayed. And just because later like on something tells us that Echo thinks this is fate doesn't mean that in this moment he thinks it's fate. Like, things can yeah, change later on, but in this moment, that is not what he's saying. Hi, I'll have that crow well done, please. Editing Zane here. Yeah, Lauren and Kate are right on this one. I was letting the events of next episode and the series overall cloud my judgment. Echo is clearly saying that this is a coincidence. Do not mistake it for fate. However, it is really strange that in the next episode, he doesn't even bat an eye when the plane shows up and he knows where it came from. It is really weird for him to get like real biblical with it and then be like, oh, it's not fate. Yeah, but just because you're a religious person doesn't mean you believe in like destiny and stuff like that. Like that's why not just be like, hey, I found this fucking book. Why do you got to go all the way back to the fucking Old Testament? Because he's awesome. I don't know. Even though, like, we have seen a bunch of religious stuff with Echo, he does seem very logical for me. So I He's think this a problem is just with killing people. Logically killing people, yeah, that's kind of bad. What do you make of the dynamic between these two? I think it's interesting because they kind of seem like almost like they're cut from the same cloth, but at the same time, I still see more logic with Echo than, like, I don't think Echo would be... Um, Getting Boone up into that plane. You know what I mean? But also Echo wasn't paralyzed before he got to this island, so. That you know. I mean, yeah. What are the odds that they have two? 
Yeah, that's a yeah. I'm don't kidding. mistake fate for coincidence. Don't mistake. <laughs> I don't remember what order it came in. Just don't mistake it. Don't quit your mistakes. <laughs> don't make any mistakes ever. Kate walks Sawyer through the swan, and he tells her to admit that they have been rescued. Then she takes him outside into the jungle, where he drops a son of a bitch. Sawyer says he really thought that they were rescued, and Kate says that he needs a haircut. Little what flirt. a sick joke. If they had actually been rescued. And she's just like, no, we're fucking not. What? Like, that's if they were actually rescued and he's like, yes, we're rescued. Like, it's not funny to be like, actually, we're still on the island. We're actually in Hawaii. Like, I'm sorry you just woke up from being shot. But here's my hilarious joke of telling you you're not rescued. I personally, if I were on this island and I got shot and I I was like comatose or whatever through the rescuing... I would have been pissed. I'm like, oh, come on. The feeling of, like, being rescued would have been fucking awesome. No. See, put me down. I'm kind of, like, not one <laughs> for struggle. So I think if I could have been unconscious, I would have preferred it that way. Like, the whole time? Yes. Wait, mean, he was no, on that island I'm, for 48 days and then, like, goes to sleep for one day and he wakes up the rescue. That would yeah, suck. No, I don't want to go through that. Just wake me up when it's over. <laughs> Sawyer says that maybe she should take him back inside because he sees the horse. Kate asks if he sees it, and he says yes. Then she approaches the horse and pets it before it walks away. Sawyer asks if she knows that horse, and she says yes. Okay, when he was like, I think you should take me back inside, I definitely thought that he wanted her to take him to bed. And I was like... (laughs) Wow, she is busy today, and he... Take me inside, woman. (laughs) Even though Michael, Echo, and Locke are all in there. Well, and he's, like, still kind of on the brink of death. Like, I was just like, oh, dang, that's crazy. He does love her. Um, so the reveal of this horse is the reveal of my story. Oh, my God. So, it was late at night... And I was with my stepsister. We were in the car together. And she drives into the parking lot of my apartment. And the van pulls up. And I literally was like, do you see the van? And she was like, what? And I was like, do you see the van? And the people got out and we watched them together. And she was like, that was really weird. And I was like, oh, my God. She saw the van. Later, I found out that I actually lived next to the Church of Scientology. And my building was just, like, all Scientologists. And so the van was, like, them being dropped off after a long day of hard work at the Church of Scientology. And that's why they were so creepy. Oh, my God. See, when you very first said it, I thought Mormons. Because they go out and, like, canvas house. Like, not canvas, but they go door to door and everything. And we always saw them at Ohio State. They would wear the short sleeve button-up white shirts. Jehovah's Um, Witnesses? No, I th- Mormons do it too. No, not really. Yeah, they fucking <laughs> no. do. I'll, I'm gonna Google it right now. I'm Google it right now. Mm, we don't have Google it right this. now. But that's how Kate and I met. Mm, Being Mormon. Me? Being Scientologists. No, that's oh. no. If you say I, that, they're gonna come after us. Moving on. Lauren, what is this horse? I actually, that's a great question. I'm still googling this. Mormon missionaries are probably best known for their door knocking at the root of their work as the very first fucking thing that comes up on Google. Guys can both suck it. I'll send more later. Flashbacks. Come to flashbacks and and we'll do more. So what is this horse? Okay. I don't know. Like, it's kind of like the horse 
brought her here because the horse like caused the car to wreck, which got her away from the marshal. And then she ends up in Australia. She ends up back getting caught then on the plane and then on the island. But when I saw the ghost of the horse, I was like, what, which I, no, I thought it was like a hallucination horse. And I was like thinking it's just like a ghost of her past type of situation. But now I have no fucking idea. It's just, it's a horse. I have a theory about the horse. You've watched the whole show. Is this the only time we see the horse? Yeah. Oh. But I have a theory about the horse. Unfortunately, yeah. I cannot say until season six, but I will give you a little hint. Remember the boar? That was following Sawyer around? Yeah. It's related yeah. to my theory about the boar. Oh, okay. Got it. Jack joins Ana Lucia as she makes a spear and offers her that drink from Sydney. Jack tells her that he figured she, of all people, needs a drink, as he does too. Anna asks if she is going to try to convince him that everyone does not hate her. And he says only if she tries to convince him that every woman in the world is not crazy. Which, zinger, 2005 called. Back at the hatch, Michael messes with the wires of the computer as Echo and Locke watch the new section of the orientation film. Dr. Candle says not to use the computer for any other reason other than entering the code. He warns that isolation may tempt them to use the computer to communicate with the outside world, which would disrupt the integrity of the project and could lead to another incident. He says, do not use the computer for anything other than the code, and Echo and Locke look at each other. Almost magically, at the exact same time, the computer chimes, but it's not the alarm. Someone has sent a message that says, hello. Michael sits down and responds and introduces himself to his new pen pal as Michael, and the computer reads, Dad? And that is how the episode ends. Wow. Interesting. So you have a very interesting note about this interaction. Oh, I put, there's no fucking way that's Walt. But if there's it's not, not Walt, who is it and where is it coming from? I have not a clue, but I know that's not Walt. And, uh, and that's, I, I don't even understand at all. Like, I'm, I'm just confused, but I, there's no way that's Walt. Like, the others are just letting him on a computer. What do you think Michael's going to do with this information? He's going to run off into the jungle and go try to find Walt. Do you think Michael speaking to Walt will impact the hatch at all? Um... If people find out, they're going to try to use the computer as well to communicate to the outside, I think, even though that video explicitly says not to. And then Locke is going to be like, you're not supposed to do that. And and like, it's going to cause a tiff. And lastly, do you think the button is real? Yep. I think I said no last time. And before that, I said yes. So I'm back to yes. You have done no, yes, yes. So every time you have said yes. Other than the first time where we actually learned the most about the button. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah, I'm going to go. Um, Right now, I'm saying yes. Final thoughts on the episode? It was interesting. Was it everything you wanted and more? I guess. I was kind of over the Kate thing by now. They, they stretched <laughs> it out too long. I don't care anymore. But who do you care about? For next week? That must mean it's Sawyer. Give me Sawyer. The episode is called the 23rd Psalm. Psalm. That's like religious, right? Mm-hmm. Echo. Indeed. Ha-ha!
You're just gonna guess Sawyer every week until it's right. Yeah, I want a Sawyer episode. It's like me trying Blade every day on Wordle because one of these days it's right. One of these days we didn't play Wordle for like two months, so he might have missed his chance. You know what? I don't think it's been Blade. I do audio every single day, and I've only. Oh, that's cheap. What's that? She gets all the vowels out of the way. Yeah, I get all Um, the vowels. That's a good strategy. Dumb. Not e. Yeah, but it's rare. You know, I it's it's good. Do a do. I have no, done a do. O. Doesn't have an O. <laughs> There's yeah. no word that's just Yeah, you the can't vowels. get all of them. I'm but, sure there is a word that has all the vowels, which is probably longer than five letters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not just the vowels. Are there so, five vowels? Yes. And why? And sometimes why that's six. But I've missed it a couple times, and I want to literally go back through the list just to make sure that audio hasn't already happened so I can stop guessing it. Because I'll never stop guessing it. Until I get a one, because I've never gotten a one. And they're like, the, sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I should do a different starting word. But then what if it's audio? All right. We got any more? Have you gone? And that is how the episode ends. Yet. Yeah, when the episode ended. <laughs> okay, well, sometimes I interrupt you and then you say it and I go, oops, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> um, well, when the episode ends, that's when the fun begins, because I get to tell you to go to our TikTok. We have so much on TikTok. Zane sent me like 15 drafts today. It We're just killing it over there. And we're decently close to 500 followers, which is when Zane has to make a whole Vincent-centric episode. Maybe that will be our first YouTube content. I don't know. Some people want that. By some people, I mean one person and us. Go to our TikTok at LaurenGetsLost.pod, our Instagram at LaurenGetsLostPod, our Twitter at LaurenGetsLost. Find us on Facebook by searching LaurenGetsLostPodcast. You can support the podcast by giving us five stars wherever you're listening, leaving us a review. You can also donate to our podcast using the link in the episode description. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your horse trainer. And join us next time for an episode that I forget the title of, but it doesn't really matter. You'll hear it next time. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced and guest starring Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.